What's the topic for this month? Does anybody know? What was that? Okay, commitment. Does anybody know what book we're in? Say that again? I think you were close. Colossians. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. We're in the book of Colossians. Um, so, does anybody remember what, well, it's okay. Does anybody remember what we discussed first week? You kind of already hint, you already pretty much said it. The first week, two weeks ago, Olivia, Olivia Todd. Anybody know, for those who are here? I mean, you already said it. She kind of gave an overview of something you already said. <laughs> no? No? She talked about commitment. <laughs> I'm like, it's really easy. Okay, okay, what did we discuss last week? Does it make a commitment again? Oh, right, you weren't here. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect you to answer. Anybody who was here? Yes, last week. And who spoke last week? Yeah, Kojo spoke. And what are you talking about? Hmm? Supremacy of Christ, okay, yeah. His authority, his headship. All right, okay, I'll take that, good job. Okay, so today we're in Colossians 3, so go ahead and, and flip. If you guys haven't already flipped to Colossians, please flip to Colossians 3. And we are going to be talking about putting on the new self. I'll just give everybody a moment to get there. It's in the New Testament. All right. It's back near Philippians and Galatians. It's back there. Colossians. Colossians. Colo, colo. I feel like I've heard that. Like, uh, anyway. I digress. Are you guys there? Hey, no, 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 not Chronicles. Chronicles is in the beginning. Colossians is towards the end. Towards the end. It is after Philippians, actually. Directly after Philippians. Yeah, yeah. It should be in the back, back, back. Colossians chapter 3. Okay. So you know how I like to do. I like to get interactive. <laughs> No, but for real, I like to interact with you guys, so we're going to go through this. <laughs> we're going to read through it. We're going to read through it, okay? And uh, we're, we're going to just learn together, okay? All right, well, but before getting to that, when I say putting on your new self, what does that mean? Like, what, what comes to mind? If I say, because the Bible talks a lot about putting on the new self, what does that mean? Do we know? A change, yes. Anybody else? What happens? Oh, good job, Francine. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you not taking credit for her answer. Uh, go ahead. 
renewing yourself, awesome, awesome. Anything else come to mind when you say putting on yourself? Sorry, say it again. Kind of like being born again. Okay, awesome. Yep, 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 yep. Anything else? No? Okay, I mean, I feel like I pretty much hit on it. Um, yes, it's all those things, really. Um, <clears throat> just to kind of set the stage a little bit, right? We all know, hopefully, we all know, because of the sin that was committed with Adam and Eve, right? We are now all sinners, yeah? We're following, okay. Now, since that has happened, God had tried to find a way to reconcile us back to him, yeah? So because we're now sinners, we're no longer in his image. That makes sense, right? By him doing that, he, it was, so Christ coming, right, was his way of reconciling us back to him, yeah? When Christ died, he then allowed for you know, he allowed the Holy Spirit to come and, and help us out and all those kinds of stuff. But once that happened, we're then able to take up pretty much Christ's life, right? In a way. He died, we die with him. I hope that makes sense. But um, when we become born again, somebody mentioned being born again. When we are born again, that's us saying we no longer want to be that simple person that um, is apart from God, right? We want to be connected to God again. So when we are born again, that is when the Spirit of God enters us, yeah? But I think we had mentioned before that even when we're born again, there are still sinful habits and nature that we still have that we still have to work through, right? We That unfortunately doesn't just disappear, right? And so when we talk about being or putting on the new self, that is what we're referring to. After you've been born again, you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've now been given the opportunity to put on him, right? To be more like him. But we're going to talk about how to do that. <laughs> All right. So, are there any questions or comments so far? Bear with me. I'm, 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 I'm trying to make this make sense. Okay. All right. So, we're going to start at verse one here. So, I'm reading from the ESV version. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Okay? If you have been raised with Christ, being born again, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 
What does that mean to you guys when you hear that? Awesome. Anything else coming to anybody else? Um, I think that it ultimately means that um that we should try to you know get closer to God and all that um as our goal instead of things of the world. Like um, you know, some people want to go older and get the like high-class mansion, but if we if we um try to get that relationship with God, all that will come um, eventually. Anybody else? No? Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Um, you know, when, we're already spiritual beings, I feel like, in my opinion, right? We're already spiritual beings even before um, we become born again, right? That's just the way God created man, the human beings, we have spirit. Now, when we do accept Christ, it's his spirit, right? That is in us, in, the, in us, and we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. And in that, um, sorry, I'm trying not to get sidetracked here. Um, yeah, okay, so, <clears throat> because of that, we're accepting Christ. We need to remember that, again, the spiritual, right? We need to focus on the spiritual things. It's hard to do that because we don't see spiritual things. We see natural things. So it's very easy to want to, like, aim for or, you know, we want to get your grades right, which is all good, right? You want to make money, you want to get the house, like a creator was saying, which is true, get the car, you know, whatever goals and things we've set for ourselves. A lot of times, it's a lot of the natural things that we all pursue, which is not, that's a good thing. Um, but here we see in verse one and two, it's trying to, it's reminding us that it's important that we are also focusing on the spiritual, right? We want to focus on the things of Christ, not the materialistic things, because we all know those things perish and they go away. You know, not to be, you know, I'm just going to be straightforward. We're all not going to be here forever. And one day we're going to go in the coffin and go under the ground. Our spirits are going to look, I mean, it's true. Our spirits right our souls are going to go elsewhere but we can't take those things with us you know um and so we need to be focusing on those things right um all right let's continue so verse three for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god For you have died, right? 
When we accept Christ, we die to our old selves and we become new people in Christ, all right? For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay? Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion. Yeah, that's says passion. Evil desire and covetousness. Covetousness? Covetousness which is idolatry, okay? I'm gonna repeat that again. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. So I guess we can exchange the covetousness with just idolatry, okay? On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. What do you guys hear when we read that? Say that again? You want me to read it again? Sure. Okay, verse five. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. What does that mean? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, her question was, does that mean like, <clears throat> sorry, so they, you said the end of the world is coming soon? You didn't word it like that, but God is coming soon. Yeah, kind of, pretty much. Um, yeah. Um, I think some of this is getting kind of deep in which I personally, I didn't really do any studies, so I'm trying to like be careful with what I say here. Um, but I think for me, right, the scripture, that the verse six, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. This is the way it was taught to me. God, he doesn't do sin, yeah? Godly things and sin is like oil and water, they do not mix. God hates sin, period. He loves us, but he hates the sin in us, right? Again, this is the way it was explained to me when I was in college, but it made sense, okay? This is the way it was explained. It's, he said, my pastor said, think of it this way. There's a missile, okay? With a timer. And it's set to target sin. We don't know the hour, we don't know the day, we don't know the time. But there's a missile somewhere that's coming for sin. And if we are still 
in a place where we haven't accepted Christ. Because when we accept Christ, we bear him, right? So we're no longer sin, right? We take up Christ. So it's like in his eyes, he sees God sees his son, right? We're clothed in Christ. If you are not, that missile is coming for you. Does that make sense? I thought that was so brilliant. I was like, that makes so much sense. So sin is the target. And if you still are wearing that target, it's coming for you. So that's why, so where it says verse uh, six, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming, period. There's nothing that can stop this missile. It is what it is, right? So if we're not in a position where we've truly taking up, put on Christ, right? Um, if we haven't done that, the missile's coming for us, okay? So yes, now that that all is involved in like rapture and all those other kinds of things that I, I can't really get into because I personally haven't really done my own studies on. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask. We'll find some answers for you. <laughs> I can't answer them right now. Um, yes, okay, so of those, of those things that we know are listed here, and there are gonna be more that are listed. So let's go on with verse seven. In these, you two once walked. Okay? They're still talking about the sexual morality, the impurity, the passion, the evil desire, and the idolatry. Verse 7. In these, you two once walked when you were living in them. Right? Before you accept Christ, this is how we, we were. This is, this is who we are. Sexual moralitors. Can you say that? Immoralitors. <laughs> I've been making up words, y'all. <laughs> oh God! Okay, so all those sinful things—that that is that was that's who we are outside of Christ. Verse eight, it says, "But now you must put them all away: anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth." Okay. I don't know about y'all, this is just kind of food for thought, and I was like, mm, I might need to like study this further. But when I was reading this, I thought it was interesting that in verse five, it says put to death certain things that were all like sexual morality and evil desires. But then in verse eight, it says put away anger. I don't know, something about that was like, huh, I wonder why I put to death some and put away others. We're still doing away with all of them, but it almost seems like there's something there. But because um, the fact is, it says put away anger. Let's be real. We get angry from time to time. We may say some obscene things from our mouth from time to time. Uh, but those are things we have to learn to, to do away with, right? Um, you really change those habits. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. But let's, let's, let's continue. Verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I feel like I need to read that again. <laughs> okay, do not lie to one another. That's also something we're supposed to put away. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. 
Just your thoughts. What does that mean to you guys? Like, what are you, what are you hearing from that? If you guys are hearing anything at all, it's okay for not. Sorry, my nose is running. Don't mind me. Anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is. And I love that you said that it's it's it is, it's a journey, it's an ongoing thing, right? There's scripture, I wrote it down, I believe Romans twelve two, right? It talks about um, be not conformed but be transformed, right? In the renewing of our minds. And um It really just highlights here that knowledge is very important. I'm trying to be careful with, with, with that, but um, essentially the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of who he's made us to be, the knowledge of who we can be in him, right? As we um, learn more and attain that knowledge, our minds are renewed. And ultimately, we start to look like the image of God, right? We start to become more like him. It said in my version, when it, in verse, what, nine, it said, uh, put off the old self with its practices, right? Our habits, our behaviors, or, you know, the things that we're used to doing, those things start to become washed away because we start to adapt better habits, godly habits, right? Is there anything else that comes to anybody else? Okay. Verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. I'll say that again. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Um, what I love about this here, I think especially within Christian communities, we kind of get into this place where it's like, who's a better Christian? Who's a more powerful Christian? Who's, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what y'all be watching, but I found myself on YouTube watching um like I guess you could call them influencers, but they're they they have huge YouTube followings and they're these guys who love the Lord. Um, but they have very different views on speaking in tongues. 
Um, and so, I don't know if you guys may know what I'm talking about, I don't know, but it was this whole thing. It was a whole thing. One of them mentioned a video and said, you know, stay away from YouTubers that are talking about prophecy all the time. And this one guy who talks about prophecy all the time came back and was like, he don't even speak in tongues. So I touched this whole thing. <laughs> but they they understand like you know these these are some things that can be very divisive and um, they came together they they had like an hour and a half long conversation to try to get clarity but really for the purpose of trying to show um, give an example to the Christian community that sometimes you can have disagreements you don't fully um, agree on certain scriptures of biblical things. Um, but it's not like a heaven or hell issue, right? Like if you don't speak in tongues, that means you're not, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. So it just, and they all gave different scriptures to like back up why they believe what they believe. So it was this whole thing. But there was one thing that somebody was saying who commented on their thing and was saying that one of their concerns is that when you kind of get to a place where you're like, oh, this Christian doesn't speak in tongues, so they're not as spiritual because that's actually what the guy said he was like oh he doesn't have the spirit of god in him because he don't speak tongues and so it became a serious concern um but but that that starts to create this idea like there's levels and that is very very dangerous right and so that's what i love here because when it says greek or jew right we all know that the jews were the chosen people of god but God incorporates us all, right? It's not just because, oh, Jesus came from the Jewish folk that, you know, Greeks are less than. That's not the case, right? And even it talks about the slave versus the free. We are all the same in Christ. All of us, right? Nobody's better than, nobody's less than. We are all the same in Christ. We may have different beliefs. We may have different understanding. We may have, the Bible talks about moving from glory to glory. You know, we all in the same way that we mature, in the same way that we grow naturally and physically, the same happens spiritually. So sometimes we're in different places in our lives and we have different understanding and different revelations of God and our understanding of our walk with God, right? But it's just good to know and important to remember that if ever we're in a place where we have that mindset that says, oh, maybe they're not as strong or they're not as this or they're not as that, we shouldn't think that way. It's, it's, not, it's not right, right? Um, if they are a child of God, they're a child of God. We have to just respect where they are. You know what I mean? We can have civil discourse um, and still respect each other and see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> All right. Um, and does anybody have any comments or questions about that? Okay. Oh, okay. Let's move to verse 12. All right. And it says... Put on then as God's chosen ones. All right? We are all God's chosen ones. Okay? As long as you've accepted Christ, we are his chosen ones. Okay? Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. I'm going to read that again, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, 
humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Okay, we're good with that. Are any comments? Nothing? Straight? Okay. Verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Okay. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. All right, so we're going to stop there. I'm going to stop at at 15. But um, I think actually this is one of the scriptures that was mentioned in the whole thing I was talking about. (laughs) Um, A characteristic of God is love. And if we put on our new self and we don't have love, we may need to rethink if we put on our new self. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go over some some other scriptures that they pretty much say the same thing, but I think it's always important to 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 go over that. So let's go to turn to Romans very quickly. Romans chapter thirteen. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Very quickly. All right. So it says, you guys there yet? Oh, I guess not. Okay, I'll give you guys more time. It should be like right before, like not right before. A little bit before. Yeah, before. Before Colossians. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Does anybody, would anybody like to read for me? Yeah, verse 14. Yeah, chapter 13. Verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Um, You guys see how it says put on again? You see that? Okay. When the Bible says something several times, it's something we probably should pay attention to, okay? Um, Thank you for reading that. And it's really just, you know, we've already kind of gone over that. We've already seen that in Colossians, but I thought it was important to to show that it also mentions it here. Um, And then let's read Romans 8, chapter 8. Verse 
versus it. Who wants to read that one? Can I read that? Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 8. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Um, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 8. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Amen. Alright, so two things here. You guys remember the beginning of Colossians where it says that we should think above? And this scripture also, oh gosh, I lost it. The air blew my pages away. Okay. <laughs> um, it tells us what happens when we set our mind on the flesh. That's not setting our mind above, right? The Bible says to think of the things above. And we see what happens when we don't do that. When we're focusing on the flesh, we're thinking about materialistic things, the carnality of things. Ultimately, it's death. There's no sustenance in it. It can take it nowhere, right? And also, when we talked about in Colossians, the renewing of our minds, right? We see here um, how it talks about the mind again. That if we set our mind on the spirit, there's life and peace in that, right? And that's of God. So this is just, I'm pretty much done. I'm just wrapping up here. But this is just to say, you know, what we learned today in Colossians. If you guys don't take anything away, remember that as believers, born again Christians, we should focus on the things above. That means thinking about Christ, right? How are we building our relationship with him? Do we know him? The more we know him, the more we're able to clothe ourselves in him, right? We become more like him. Those bad habits that we have, the sinful nature and all those kinds of things, the more we know him, the more our spirit grows and our flesh dies, right? Continue in front of it. Sometimes our flesh, like, I don't know about y'all, my flesh likes to resurrect sometimes. <laughs> Get back there. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> if you like that, y'all eventually will understand what I'm saying, okay? Just just take my word for it. Um, <laughs> oh, guys, I'm having a good time. Y'all don't mind me. Um, yeah, and then also in Ephesians 4, it pretty much says the same thing in Colossians that we just read. So, the fact is, it says this multiple times, and it's very, very important. We all know, and I think I've said this before, we all have seen Christians who... Trying to be careful my words here. Are deliberately <laughs> not trying to look like Christ, right? 
We try, we fail from time to time, but we all know those folks who are just calling themselves Christians just for the title. They're not really working towards being more like Christ, right? It's good to weed those people out, but the point is, let's not be those people. <laughs> let's not do that. Um, as ultimately, what's the point? What's the point? Um, yeah, y'all, so let's just challenge ourselves to put on the new, the new self to be more like Christ because in the end that missile is coming if you want to be in the way that's up to you okay <laughs> that is up to you um, but hopefully we all take on Christ so that the missile avoids us amen praise the Lord <laughs> all right any questions or comments <laughs> no all right Ooh, okay all right let's go ahead and wrap um let's pray out Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you, Lord, because to be transparent, even though I was struggling this morning, I know you're good. And um, <clears throat> I just want to thank you for your scripture. I want to thank you for your words. Um, and I'm sure each and every one of us took something. I'm praying and I'm hoping that we all took something <clears throat> from what we discussed today. Help us, Lord God, to assess ourselves, be more self-aware um, of, of those sinful habits and practices and behaviors that don't represent you. Help us, Lord, to be more like you. Help us to put on you and to put away and to do away, put to death the things that are not of you. Father, I pray that our knowledge and our thirst for you will increase so that as we consume more of you, our spirit man grows and our flesh will be suppressed so that, Lord, we look more and more and more like you. We love you. I love you because you loved us. There is nothing like your love. There's nothing like an encounter an experience with you. And so I thank you, Lord, for being holy. And I thank you for giving us the opportunity to know you, that you loved us so much that you want a relationship with us. And I thank you for that. I am so humbled and honored to serve a God like you. So I pray for each and every one of us in this room that, Father, our minds and our hearts will be set after the things above. That we wouldn't be so focused and so dead set on things that are going to perish anyway. That we can't take with us when we eventually go to see you. Help us. And help us to remember that we've already won. That as long as we've accepted you, we've won the war. And we come against every attack and lie of the enemy to tell us that we're defeated because it's not true. In fact, he's the one who's defeated and he won't accept that truth. So, Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.